Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Technology Transfer IP. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with George Chalapa and Megan Pitcher, the co-chairs of Autumn's Better World Project. However, before we get into the details of the Better World Project, let me tell you a little bit about George and Megan. George is an invention manager at Innovation and New Ventures at Northwestern University. George works with faculty to protect their intellectual property and bring technologies to market. He is also involved in negotiating agreements between Northwestern and commercial partners and helps faculty with startup initiatives. George was with the University of Chicago and Washington University Technology Transfer Offices before joining Northwestern. Megan is a licensing associate at Baylor College of Medicine, also known as BCM Ventures. In her role, Megan handles technology evaluation and triage, patent prosecution management, commercialization plan development, negotiation of complex technology licenses, post-deal compliance, and much more. Before BCM Ventures, Megan was with the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston. And with those very impressive backgrounds, welcome to the podcast, George and Megan. Thanks so much for having us on this podcast, Lisa. It's great to be here. Thank you, Lisa. We're excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you both here as well. And I'm really um, excited for you to take part in this podcast because I wanted to start off by asking the two of you if you could tell us what the Autumn Better World Project is, how it got started, and how long it's been in existence. Um, I can uh, take that question, Lisa. So Autumn's Better World Project uh, was launched in part to provide stories behind the metrics and to promote uh, public understanding of how academic research and technology transfer impact everyday life and makes for a better world. Whether it's discussing the founding of Google or the genesis of the Honeycrisp Apple or the very familiar N95 mask, all of these highlight the value of academic research and the role that the tech transfer officers in these academic institutions play in bringing them to market. The history of Better World Project goes back to 2006. It started as the Better World Report, and then it moved to an online version in 2008. So early days, it was a printed edition moving to an online version in 2008. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to John Fraser, who was the uh, former chair of Autumn, and an instrumental uh, figure in the creation of the Better World Report and the Better World Project. Today, we have a great website with over 500 stories that are searchable, uh, and some of these, we've also had videos made. So if you haven't checked it out already, 
I encourage the listeners to go out and check the website. Well, George, can you tell us about the people who make up the Better World Project, um, how many people there are on this particular committee, and who they are? Sure. So we have currently eight volunteers in the Better World Project Committee. And I want to emphasize these uh, individuals volunteer their time and energy to make the Better World Project a success. So I like to actually name them. Um, so we have Anne uh, Amin Zich from the Medical College of Wisconsin, Carlos Bias Pagan from the Puerto Rico Science, Technology and Research Fund, Nia Chiem from the University of Alabama, Raju Nagaya from the University of Central Florida, Leslie Smith from the Pennington Biomedical Research Center, Ratan Gill from the University of Guelph, uh, Megan from uh, Baylor College of Medicine, and myself from Northwestern University. Uh, I think Megan and I are very like, uh, lucky to have such a dedicated team working with us in the Better World Project Committee. Um, I also want to um, mention uh, Lauren Phillips, who is Autumn's Marketing and Communications Manager, as well as uh, Liv Smith, who is Autumn's Chief Marketing Officer. Um, both of these individuals uh, are instrumental in everything we do uh, in the Better World Project Committee. Um, finally, um, I'd like to also mention uh, some of our sponsors who contribute funds towards some of the projects we do at the Better World Project. They are uh, Pharma, NIMBL, and of course, uh, Casimir Jones. So thank you to our sponsors as well. So as I mentioned, we have eight volunteers right now, and the Better World Project Committee is looking for new volunteers. If you are interested in joining the committee and helping tell the story of our academic tech transfer makes for a better world, please feel free to reach out to Megan and myself, and we'll be happy to chat with you. And Megan, um, I wanted to ask you, can you tell us a little bit about what the Better World Project Award is? Certainly. Uh, so Better World Project Award, um, as George mentioned, we have over 500 stories collected over the years that are accessible on our website. Um, we started the Better World Project Award in 2020. And what we wanted to do was honor the exemplary work of one technology transfer office from the story submitted in the previous year. Um, so again, we're, we're kind of trying to demonstrate this human story of how the technology gets transferred from the lab into the company. There are people, you know, us, the tech transfer officers that do this work, um, try to find things within our networks to get the technology over the bridge, over the chasm, whatever you want to call it, and get it into whatever the entity is so they can develop it and make this commercial product. Um, so again, we review the, the story submitted over that, that year um, and we have a judging process. We'll get into that later. Um, we are in our second year now of doing Better World Project Award and we think it's really been great to getting a lot of engagement from the autumn community and even, you know, just the regular, the, the greater community, people are looking at our stories and reading about them. Yeah. And in fact, uh, we're going to talk about last year's winners here shortly. But for those people who may not be familiar, Megan, can you tell us how and when you apply for the Better World Project Award? Sure. It is never too early to apply for the 2022 award. We give the award at the Autumn Annual Conference. Um, but, you know, you can start applying now. Send your send your story to our website. If you submit a story this year that meets our criteria, 
we will include it into the running for the Better Road Project Award. And we'll get into those criteria in a minute. So, George, can you tell us who can apply for the Better World Project Award? Lisa, anyone can apply for the awards. All you have to do is to submit an innovation success story on our website. The criteria for consideration are the, the technology must be licensed, the product must be on sale or a prototype in use, the technology must highlight a successful partnership between academia and industry, and the technology must have experienced a major milestone in the last seven years. That's a startup was formed, a product was released, or venture funding received. So some major milestone in the last seven years. And something about uh, the submissions of stories, we'd love to hear how your office made the difference. So please do make sure that you mention how you made an impact the success of the technology. So Megan, on average, how many submissions would you say you get a year for the award? So recently we've been getting more submissions each year. Um, we've been, the average about, is about 40 stories per year. Um, we used to, as a committee, publish 12 stories per year in our Better World project. And now we're getting so many submissions that we're able to publish many more. Um, we're able to do you know two or three stories on a topic or two or three stories from one institution. So really great that we're seeing more and more institutions participate with this. Yeah, that's really fantastic that you're getting that many. And can you tell us a little bit about how the judging for the award takes place? Sure. As George mentioned, we're looking for stories from everywhere on any topic. Um, so how the process of your individual tech transfer office works, how your IP developed varies from institution for institution. Um, so we're looking for submissions from anyone and our Criteria for the award are relevance. So does technology effectively address a recognized need? It is the Better World Project. So how does your technology, your IP, your story improve the world? Um, number two is impact. The technology has significantly impacted the population to help make a better world. Um, that can be done in a number of ways depending on the technology. And three is collaboration. We want to know the human story. Um, how is technology in use today because of the key support from your academic technology transfer office? George mentioned this. We want to know what your IP officer did to get this to the finish line. Um, so our our judging uh, to date has been that we have our technologies are judged by a panel made of the seven of seven Better World Project Committee members. Um, so in the first year, we did selection of finalists and winners by committee selection. In 2021, for this award, we actually had the committee select three finalists, and then we opened it up for voting to everyone. Um, so we got a really great response from the honor um, community, way more uh, votes than we expected. I think over 900 votes or something like that. It, it was really great engagement on that. I'm not sure what we'll do in the future, but we, we really like this idea of kind of picking our favorites, letting the community pick what they think is the most impactful story of the year. And that's great that so many people were so engaged and interested in who the finalists were. And I, that's kudos to you and your committee for all the hard work that you guys are doing. So that leads me to ask, George, can you tell us when the prize is actually awarded? Of course. The prize is awarded at the annual meeting. So the way it works is any stories that meet the criteria submitted between the 1st of October of 2020 and 30th of September 2021 are entered. And then depending on how we 
select the winner will be judge the initial round of judging will be in November of this year once the uh, entries are closed and then the winner is announced at next year's annual meeting which is going to be in New Orleans so uh, even an additional reason to enter uh, because you will one the winning techrans office will receive um a free autumn 2022 registration as well as a wonderful uh, trophy that you can display so please if you haven't submitted a story recently um Megan and I would like to encourage you to think about submitting a story if you're not sure um if your story meets the criteria don't hesitate to reach out to us we'll be happy to talk to you and guide you in the submissions So Megan, can you tell us a little bit about the three finalists for the 2021 award and ultimately who won Better World Project? Absolutely. So this year we had more than 50 stories uh, submitted. Our committee selected three finalists and when then we opened that up to voting to the entire autumn community and beyond. Um so another great thing that we did this year was have our three finalists do interviews. Um so you can get, you know, more of an in-depth look at what they are working on. I think that was really awesome. Uh, so our winner this year is from the Universidad Católica de Chile. Their invention was the thyroid print. Um so this invention came from a clinical problem that the investigator observed um patients with a thyroid nodule they'll undergo a needle aspiration. Um sometimes you can determine very easily if the if the nodule is benign or malignant. but then in about 20% of cases people undergoing procedure the results are indeterminate um so the invention here is to help those 20% of people find an answer um is the is the nodule benign or should they be undergoing additional surgery to follow up um the really interesting tto the tech transfer story side of this is um at this university they have a consortium established between the university and companies they've been doing this for about 15 years and that really facilitated um development and commercialization of the device the tech transfer office there oversaw the supporting uh, supporting the research team raising public funds for the r&d projects developing the ip strategy and helping to create the spin-off company um right now they're expanding into latin america and looking um into markets beyond that um the so far the technology has successfully raised more than 8 million in public and private funds and has been used on more than 60 patients in chile and argentina So it's a really cool story just you know the the story we like to hear at a tech transfer office a uh, PI is experiencing a problem they're looking for a solution and they find one and we are able to help them bring it over the finish line. Thanks Megan. I'll talk a little bit about the other two finalists uh this year. So we had a uh, technology from the University of Virginia which was called an artificial pancreas. and it's a technology that helps manage type 1 diabetes so a deficient pancreas means food exercise injection of insulin needs to be carefully managed this can actually create an undue burden on the patient so the idea of an artificial pancreas operating in a closed loop to monitor and control insulin that's an old idea getting it to work that was a completely different challenge So it took actually many researchers from the University of Virginia including uh Boris Kovacevic, Stephen Patek, uh Patrick Keith Hines, Mark Breton and Stacy Anderson. 
to make it a reality. And the funding for this project actually came from several sources, including the NIH, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and the University of Virginia's Launchpad funding. So the TechTrans office actually played multiple roles here for its success. First, it filed patents on the technology. Then it helped find a CEO for the startup they launched. It also made an investment, a seed investment in the startup. And the startup was actually called Type Zero, which was later acquired by Dexcom in 2018. And the commercial product entered the market last year as Control IQ. And within the space of an year or they've already, the technology has already benefited over 150,000 patients just in the US. So uh, the other finalist for this year's awards was uh, a technology called Azedra, which is an FDA approved drug developed by Progenix Pharmaceuticals. Like many tech transfer stories, this has a long history. It was a 30 year story in the making. It started in Professor Duncan Hunter's lab in Western University in Canada. It treats a rare adrenal, adrenal tumor that cannot be surgically removed and will require systemic anti-cancer therapy. It's a rare cancer, as I said. It affects around 1,000 people in the U.S. each year. So what uh, Professor Hunter developed was a radioactive uh, compound that is injected intravenously and attacks the tumor. Any leftover compounds are flushed out by the kidneys. The Tetrans office at Western University helped secure a patent for this method, as well as licensing it to Progenix Pharmaceuticals, which and then helped in its FDA approval. So again, all three stories we've talked about, it's very clear what role the Tectrans office played in its success. So George, can you tell us where people can find more information on the Better World Project if they're interested in learning more? Absolutely. You can look at Autumn's website under the Better World Project and uh, all of the information you need, both on the Better World Project, the awards, as well as the searchable database is there. If you have trouble finding it, just feel free to reach out to Megan and myself. We'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Now, Megan, you and George just got done talking about the three finalists for the 2021 Better World Project. But I wanted to ask about some of the other very important technologies whose stories are included in the Better World Project collection. I thought I'd start off by asking that since we've all been living with COVID for the last year plus, perhaps we could talk about some of the COVID-related technologies in the collection. Can you tell us a little bit about some of these? Sure. I'd love to talk about the N95 mask, which is a technology that came out of academic tech transfer, which I'm sure everyone has been hearing a lot about these past 18 months or so. Uh, so the N95 mask was created at the University of Tennessee. Uh, it actually received our 2020 Better World Project Legend Award. Um, so this innovation was born three decades ago. It's been vital this year and last for protecting against COVID-19. Uh, the technology is actually a method called corona electrostatic charging. 
technique uses an electric field to ionize neutral air to generate ions and electrons, which then charge non-woven fibers through field and induction. So those charged non-woven fabric fibers can filter particles in the air 10 times more efficiently than uncharged fabrics without inversely increasing the air resistance. So by using this method, you can in- improve your filtration. Um, these type of filters help block and contain a minimum of 95% of all particles. So you see them used in mass situation faces. Um, you'll see them used in HVAC filters and other types of medical filtration devices. Um, very critical this year, we have this uh, aerosolizable uh, viral particle going around. Um, so an estimated 1 million people have used N95s to date to protect and improve their health. Um, so the patent for the original N95 filtration technology has expired. Um, however, the inventor, uh, Dr. Peter Sai, uh, again, for University of Tennessee Research Foundation, has continued to work on this. He's developed new approaches to apply electrostatic charges to fabrics through friction. Um, so this actually improves the filter efficiency on the original technology. Um, so far, um, this technology has included 12 patents and more than 20 commercial license agreements. Um, and the University of Tennessee has played an important role in connecting Dr. Sai and his research to a growing number of facilities around the world to make sure this is accessible to people. Um, he shared his expertise with many companies interested in producing the charge on open fabric or in scaling up production. Um, so it's just an awesome technology. I love stories like this because it's an easy connection you can make with lay people in your family that don't know what you do every day. This is what we do. We get these kind of technologies out there. You don't even know that it's happening, but when when it matters, it's there and it's it's important. Absolutely. That's been a huge one the last year, year and a half plus. Um, Lisa, maybe I can chime in with a couple of more technologies that we've heard about in the last year as it relates to COVID. Along with N95, one of the hot topics over the last two years has been ventilators, or I should say the severe shortage of ventilators. So the University of Minnesota's TechTrans office rose to the challenge because Dr. Stephen Richardson, who was at the University of Minnesota, came up with an alternative design um, to the traditional ventilator. What the TechTrans office then did was they open sourced the manufacturing instructions. This uh, device was actually FDA approved thanks to the help of not just the TechTrans office, but several other medical device companies. And open sourcing it allowed uh, for manufacturers across the world to download the instructions and manufacture these alternative ventilators to meet this severe shortage in uh, over the last two years. So another uh, technology that everyone has become familiar with is detection of COVID, rapid, easy to use, and with no false positives. And there we see a new technology that came out of the SUNY Upstate Medical University uh, in a collaboration with Quadrant Biosciences. So Dr. Frank Middleton had developed a saliva test for diagnosing autism. He quickly pivoted with the help of Quadrant Biosciences to develop a COVID test called Clarify COVID-19 Diagnostic Test. And the FDA issued an emergency use authorization for it. And it has helped um, 
the Syracuse area to boost their testing capacity 12-fold. And they are conducting over 120,000 tests per week using this saliva test. So, Megan, what many people may not realize is that Google is a university-derived innovation and that its story is included in the Better World collection. For those of our listeners who are not familiar with Google's university beginnings, can you share some of the story with us? Sure. I'd love to talk about the story. This is another great one where you're, you're talking to people about what you do. Oh, did you know Google? Did you know Academic Tech Transfer did that too? This is another great one. Um, so, uh, in 1996, two Stanford University students, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, created an internet search engine they originally called PageRank. Um, today, we know it as Google. It's one of the largest and most profitable tech companies in the world and one of the most financially successful inventions ever licensed by academic tech transfer. So the story is that engage, intrigued by the mathematical relationships they were observing and the rapidly expanding World Wide Web, uh, the inventors felt there was a way to build a much better internet research tool. Um, the result was an algorithm that they built that utilized all of the links on different web pages to search and rank websites on the World Wide Web. They launched their search engine on the Stanford University website in March 1996, and within six months, PageRank's popularity had overloaded Stanford's bandwidth, so uh, Stanford actually had to shut down their internet access several times. Um, so the materials disclosed their invention to Stanford University's Office of Technology Licensing. Um, they marketed the technology to different uh, prospective suitors. Um, at one point, a company approached them about it seeking a non-exclusive license in return for a very attractive royalty payment. Um, however, the inventors felt frustrated that investors were failing to recognize the value of the product. Uh, so what they did was founded the company Google uh, to market and commercialize their search engine. They incorporated it in September 1998 and Stanford licensed PageRank algorithm to the new startup Google. Um, within two years, Google became the world's largest search engine with more than 1 billion web page addresses in its index. Um, the company went public in 2004. Uh, so there is no question here today in 2021 that this was the right decision to support this technology and uh, for the, the Office of Technology Licensing to put some support behind this. Um, so I, I like one of the quotes on, on the story from this. Um, two of our graduate students had developed what they believe was the best search engine in the world but companies didn't believe them. They had no business experience or knowledge or how to build a company. Who would take a chance on them? Stanford did. So this is this is really highlighting the importance of uh, what tech transfer offices are doing all over the world. Yeah, that's a, a really amazing story. And in fact, we have another one here that, George, I want to ask you about. And uh, this innovation, I'm sure that many of our listeners have enjoyed, actually, and it's included in the collection. And what I'm talking about here is the Honeycrisp Apple can you tell us a little bit more about the development of this revolutionary Apple variety? Absolutely. I think I want to start by emphasizing the impact Anikrisp has had in the Midwest, in upstate New York. Small, family-run orchards have turned their fortunes around thanks to this Apple. It all started in Minnesota. And led by James Luby and David Bedford, who developed this new apple variety. It took decades in development. Uh, Honeycrisp required cross-pollination of hundreds of blossoms by hand, growing and grafting seedlings into outdoor rootstock, waiting several years for the trees to grow, bear fruit, 
cloning a few test trees and waiting several more years, then testing for taste and discarding those apples that quite didn't make it. The University of Minnesota's Tech Transfer Office filed a patent in 1990. And today, Anicrisp is one of the top apples grown in the US. In 2006, Autumn actually declared Anicrisp 25 innovations, one of the 25 innovations that changed the world. In fact, the New York Times actually called it the iPod of apples. Royalties from Honeycrisp have exceeded 15 million over the last three decades. So not only has it impacted small uh, orchards across the US and, and the world, it's also made a positive impact to the University of Minnesota. So Megan and George, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests if they could have three wishes granted or a vision realized for their office, what would that be? So I'd like to ask the two of you this question today, but with respect to what wishes you'd like to see granted or vision realized for the Better World Project. I can I can start on that one. I think George and I have some wishes in common, so we might have some of the same answers. Um, one of my wishes would be more of our our video content. So I think our our finalist interviews for the Better World Project for 2021 is really great. Um, we have we have a number of other video stories to kind of show you more about you know the institution, the the actors involved, the inventor, the tech transfer office. Um, I, I think those are really helpful for having people connect to what it is that we do in our profession. Um, I obviously you know. 2021 people like to click on videos and look at them look at images i think it's really it's really great when we can have that type of content um i love more of that um my next two questions i think george and i have in common we'd love to see more submissions from all over the world we have some frequent flyers in our submission page we want to see more from everyone if you haven't submitted in 10 15 20 years send something send something to us we'd love to review it and put it on our website um if you if you have already done the press release and you just want to copy paste it and put it on the form, we can take that too. We can work with that. Just um, reach out to us so we can get it in our form and get it out to the world. As Megan mentioned, some of our wishes are similar. So we, as Megan mentioned earlier, we've been receiving around 40 to 50 submissions here. That is not even scratching the surface of the stories out there. How TechTrans office makes a difference how academic research makes a difference in everyone's life. So we'd love to see more stories, um, 500,000. So uh, please, if you haven't submitted recently or you're thinking of submitting, please do submit. Um, echoing again, one of Megan's wishes, we'd love to see, so I'd love to see stories from across the world. This year's winner was from Chile. Academic tech transfer makes a difference across the world. So we'd love, I'd love to see more stories from around the world. And uh, these two, Megan and I have the same wish, I think, that is we'd love to do more videos on some of these stories. Uh, talk to the inventors, talk to patients, talk to the farmers who are positively impacted by these stories. So we'd love to do more stories. So that's another wish of mine. 
Thank you both for all this wonderful work you and your committee are doing to help publicize the tremendous impact that university tech transfer offices are making in our lives. Well, George and Megan, I can't thank each of you enough for all your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask either of you any questions, where can they reach you? Sure. You can reach me at megan.pitcher at bcm.edu. That's spelled M-E-A-G-A-N dot P-I-T-C-H-E-R at bcm.edu. And you can reach me at chillapa at northwestern.edu. That's C-H-E-L-L-A-P-A at northwestern.edu. Great. Thanks so much again, George and Megan. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.